right, everybody, good evening. I am your host, Reverend Savannah Street Walker, the Order of Standing Oak and Zero Fifth Justice of Raven Temple of Seax Wicca here in Springfield, Missouri. And we are back. Blessed be and merry meet, brothers and sisters that are with me tonight. We're live on the show, and we've got a great topic that we're dealing with tonight. Our show, we discuss green witchcraft. What is it? We're going to talk about the green witchcraft books by Ann Mora, but also we're going to get into the how, whys, and what fors and things that we're going to do for, you know, to prepare, because now that we're in this weird loop of where I live, it's like one minute it's snowing, and then the next minute it's in the 70s. This next Wednesday, we're looking at a high, high of possibly 80 degrees, and I'm in south, southwest Missouri, okay? And I have I just know that winter is not done with us, even though we're getting ready to come up into March. So I have a feeling that just for my area, we're going to have one more little hurrah. But we've got so many beautiful days that are coming up. So this is the time where we start to prepare. We're getting closer to Beltane. Beltane's the beginning of fertility for us and our people, our pagan folk and things like that. And one of the things that uh, we can do is to prepare for what Beltane and onward into the spring and summer. That means for us because it's like now is the time to prepare to go out into the greenwood, out into the natural world, and to find the things that we want to use for ritual, to look for the herbs and plants and barks and roots and everything else. So we've got a lot to talk about with that. And like I said, we're going to be talking about the books by Anamora, and we I don't have them all, but I do have four of them. The only books I don't have is Anamora's The Green Witchcraft Grimoire, and I don't have her book on tarot. But of course, here in my hands, I have Green Witchcraft, Folk Magic, Fairy Lore, and Herbcraft. And then the second book is Green Witchcraft, Balancing Light and Shadow. This is Green Witchcraft 2. And then Green Witchcraft 3 is the manual. And then Green, Ma- Green Witchcraft 4 is Green Magic, the Sacred Connection to Nature. And that's one thing, you know, we, for those that have been cooked up, we do get out in the natural world and stuff. But it's like when you have eight feet of snow in your home areas and wherever it is that you live, it makes it very hard, you know, to get out into the world unless you're very diehard and hardy to the pagans that are. I salute you. Um, I apologize for the loud noise in the background. I have trains that are going to be going through here all night. And it's a Thursday night. I'm so glad to have you guys here. Um, Good news. We are working with some new equipment. A very good friend, my best friend, helped me with a little bit of a financial situation. And so now the show has a new computer. And we're going to be using that to, you know, uh, affect the show, do better with the music for the show and everything. And uh, also for the channel, Pagan Perspectives on YouTube.com, we're going to be doing more videos and we're going to be taking time to actually, now that we have the means to do it, we're going to be, you know, putting more production value into what it is that we're doing. Also, we've got a lot of things coming up this next week. 
we have a show on Thursday where we're talking about tarot and witchcraft. That's going to be very cool. And then in uh, April, I will. it will be my privilege to have on the show that uh, is so very cool is Llewellyn author Lisa Wagner. We're going to be talking about her book, Positive Pagan. It's got rituals and just things to help turn things that are in a topsy-turvy way in your world and around the world into something that's a lot more positive. And we're going to be giving her book away, and we're going to be talking as we get closer to that show in April on how you guys can win that. But also, currently we have a giveaway going on right now. All you have to do is email me, sylvanus93 at hotmail.com, and the subject line said, I'm interested in the book. And then down below, just put your name and say that you are in the drawing for a fresh, spanking, crisp copy of the Witch's Bible by Janet Stewart Fair. And, you know, it's basically one of the coolest books uh, that has, has been out there in, in many years for, uh, you know, uh, you know, having uh, brought in there, you know, Janice was, Janet was uh, trained by Alexanders. So it's an Alexandrian take. I love all of their books. Uh, the Witch's God and the Witch's Goddess. I believe every pagan out there should have a copy of that. But so we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about what is green witchcraft. We're going to talk about the, the space and the way that Anamora is coming from in her books. And then we're going to talk about practices for us. But before we get to do that here later, we're going to be opening up the phone lines, the number to call at 563-999-3644. And if you're out there, come to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Pagan Perspectives and join me here in chat. I would love to have you guys here. And always remember, take the show with you. Uh, right at the end of the program, we're going to be here for two hours. Right at the end of the program, for about two, three, five minutes, they'll process the show. And it will be available for you to download and pass off to your friends and all that kind of stuff. So what we're going to do now is give you guys a little bit of music. And we'll be back and we'll start the show talking about green witchcraft here on Pagan Perspectives.
Celtic roots? Are your ancestors from Ireland or Scotland or Wales? From Cornwall, Brittany, the Isle of Man or Gaul? Do you love stories and tales? Ancient myths, legends and folklore of the Celtic peoples? Do you want to hear more about King Arthur, Gwydion, Taliesin, Cuchulain, wild magic and the realms of the other world? Do you want to hear about the old gods, druids and fairies in a way that they're not just dusty, dry words on a page? Then you need the Celtic Myth Podshow, available from CelticMythPodshow.com. In the days when the world was young, the days when the air was clean and the dew was fresh upon the grass... Listen well, for I have tidings for you. Warriors are coming from across the sea. Strange. Take this message back with you. Tell the fear bold they must give my people either battle or live in peace in half of Erin. <coughs> On my word, I should prefer to give you half of Erin than to face your weapons. The Celtic Myth Podshow will bring you the bravery of heroes and heroines, the magnificent pantheon of gods and goddesses, and the magic and wonder of druids, fairies, and folklore. Our ancestors would listen to these stories as told to them by their bards. They wouldn't read them in books. This podcast brings the magic of sound back into our legends. A new episode comes out twice a month and builds into a complete collection of tales from Celtic mythology. So just sit down, get comfortable, and join us every other week. Listen to news, chat, and a story from Celtic mythology with the Celtic Myth Podshow from CelticMythPodshow.com. That's CelticMythPodshow.com. All right, we're back. I'm your host, Raymond Sylvanus Walker, the Word of Standing Oak. And if you're out there, come and join us, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Pagan Perspectives. Join us here in the chat. And tonight, we are talking about green witchcraft. 
I'm invoking in green witchcraft. I've imbibed and smoked some wonderful herbals. And tonight I am drinking, I wish I had 20 gallons of this. This is some of my cranberry mango homemade mead. And this is a freshly opened bottle this evening. And it's in a chilled Green Bay Packers muck. And it is just incredibly delicious, which I need to take a drink here. Oh, my goodness, folks. Incredible. Best way to do it. Make your own mead. We're going to have a show about mead in the future, so keep an eye out for that. But I hope you guys are doing great. And tonight, we are talking about green witchcraft and what it is and how we can engage in it more because of the fact that spring is coming. We are going to be able to get out there. And, you know, the one thing that I think is really cool, it's like I like being able to do ritual here at my home. You know, when the weather is so bad that it's dangerous and you really can't be going out into it, it's good to have a place that you can, you know, be safe. But over the years, with various covens and things that I've, I, I've, I've attended and stuff, there's nothing better than being out in, out in the world, away from the cities, out there in nature. We have a place around here. It's called Busick. And there was a time that we, that we got together for Beltane. We, we have done Beltanes at Busick, and we have done Samhain's at, at uh, Busick. But Busick was just a couple times. Busick's Samhain for Busick. No, it was Beltane. But we have done, uh, we did do Samhain's at Busick once. Just because of the fact that around that time of the year, it does get a little bit nippy. But there was one year where we had so many people there for that weekend. And we found a place that was about 300 yards down this trail, this path away from our camping area that went, uh, you had a left side and you had a right side. And the right side was where these trees kind of bordered this meandering creek, dry creek bed, you know, very shallow, no, no, no fish in it, anything like that. But at one time, you know that it had supported life. It was just really cool. We would take the pagan families would come and they, we would take their kids down there and let them explore. If you ever get the chance, take your kids to a, a, a national park or some area that's very woodsy and foresty in your area. Uh, you know, and it is some of the best experience. Little kids, you know, be safe, but they love it. They, they like the chance of being able to see woodchucks and ravens and all these cool things. But this particular night, we had about 40 or 50 people in circle. And we had been, you know, kind of singing low, spirit of the wind, carry me, spirit of the wind, carry me home, spirit of the wind, carry me home to myself. That, as we were singing that, we weren't belting it out there, but we just kind of had this low, reverent singing of it. And you could look up. You saw the trees around us, and above that was this beautiful, almost full moon, and you could smell the herbs that we had tossed into the fire, and there were other people that had stuck incense in, in various ways around the outer edge of the circle, 
just as a way to, you know, enhance what was going on. And I must say, for me, there's no greater joy than being out with the gods where the gods and the spirits of nature are. The green spirits, the spirits, the green men, the, the, the spirits of the plants and trees, and the green creatures, the critters, the voles, the moles, the deer, everything. There is so much, you know, very, very cool things that you can see out in the greenwood, the green world. And that's another thing. It's the fact that that's where witches would go to find the herbs and the tools that they needed for their rituals, for their healing salves and all kinds of things. So it became, you know, going out into uh, the world wasn't a luxury. It was something that was a necessity, you know, and it was there. The, it was these wise men and wise women that would take the time to learn the effects of various plants. That's how you found out that marshmallow and other plants were what would be used eventually in aspirin and other things because every modern pill or treatment or something that is around now has its roots in ancient, ancient herbal traditions. I mean, the idea of, I think it was, it was the Aztecs that had started chewing on cloves to dissipate tooth pain. Now we have Anbasol. You know, we have all these things. You know, so the only thing that's sad, though, is that a lot of the things that men have made and stuff out of these things have so many detriment things to them that can hurt you. So it's like, if you can't, uh, that's another thing. Anybody that's out there, if you're a homeopath, I would love for you to call into the show because I would like to learn about that, but like a a homeopathy degree, like at a school or something like that, it's very, it's very intensive. It's like going to pharmacology school to be, you know, uh, somebody that could work a druggist and things. But I think for us, the way things are going in the world now, it's like, we don't know. You can't afford to get medicines from what your doctors prescribe you and stuff. So what do we have to do? We have to look to the alternatives, things that we can rely upon, you know, things that we can look for, which we're going to start talking about that here in just a second, um, to, you know, uh, you know, figure out what we need to have in our homes ready to go. And uh, one of the things I think that is so cool is that there are people that have seen that this is a very important area to study. And one of those people is... Of course, the author, Ann Mora. And I have four of her books here. And we're going to look at the first one, which is Witchcraft, Green Witchcraft, Folk Magic, Fairy Lore, and Herbcraft. One of the very cool things I like about this series of books is Ann Mora is a Wiccan. She says it right in her books. She is very proud of her, 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 her craft and what she does. And she puts... You know, as far as what this is, you know, some books, they put a lot of fluff. This is just incredible. I'll just write, read off the table of contents for you, and we'll kind of go through that. We have uh, the green, 
witches and herbs, which we need a lot of herbs. Oh, my goodness. Magic and magical practices that we can do uh, as parts of, of uh, green magic. Green rituals. The Sabbaths, which is very important. And then she has all she has rituals um, and their their lore and stuff all the way up for all of the Sabbaths. And then there is an appendix for everything. And this book has things that you uh, one thing I like is she's not afraid to she incorporates herbs, tarot, tarot spreads in ritual. Which we're going to be talking about tarot and magic and tarot and witchcraft next week. So this is very important because a lot of people that I know don't necessarily incorporate tarot and that kind of divination into their rituals a lot of times. It's more water scrying and, and scrying in your cauldron and things like that, which that's awesome. But I think there's also something very earthy about having the cards involved in a green ritual. You know, and she, this whole series of books looks at it at a very, it's not a very, it's not a quote unquote super serious level, but there is so much information in, in, in through all of her books that it is, you'll, you'll really want to keep a journal. And, you know, when you read these, and that's another thing, if you find an author or that has a series of books, and that you are really in love with, you've liked the idea. One thing that I would do that might be a good idea is to just have a little small notebook and use it to write down thoughts of what you think about what you're reading. And that not only that is if you're wanting to imp imp improvise and improve your practice and what you do spiritually for your craft, you can take those ideas and incorporate it and write those down for yourself and then adjust them to fit what your practice is. And it's like uh, another thing is like knowing that you have the ability because I think uh, for our energy levels and the things that we do uh, as pagans, I think one of the things that is very cool is to go out into the woods you know, even not just to not just to go out for a Sabbath or or something like that, you know, that kind of thing, but to be able to go out there with a backpack and take with you, you know, a journal and possibly a sensor and a cup and some water and you know a small legal athame because you know you could get stopped by. Uh, uh, cons conservation workers and stuff so you want to be safe but when you're out there and also you also want to take your bowling which is your white handled knife and also another thing is if you are let's say that you're taking a trip out for the early season of the year to go out and harvest herbs you want to make sure that for uh, what I like to do is if I know a general area of where I'm going to be looking for herbs I would take some burnt seed or some kind of animal food that you can throw out there that won't necessarily attract bears or anything, but lets the woodland critters eat. Or I would take some stones, some crystals, and bury them in various areas wherever it was that I was uh, harvesting and just making that offering because of the fact 
that it's up to us, you know, to not just be takers and takers and takers, but we should be able to give back. And that's why whenever you go out and you harvest the herbs, it's a sacred thing. You can make it a ritual. And then even then, once you have harvested what you need, you can still have a ritual. You can have a meditation with just some water and uh, a center of smoke and just, you know, sit in an area that you can listen to the trees and listen to the critters and listen to the birds. And it's just so wonderful because what does it do? We're batteries. And this is the kind of thing that charges us up, that gives us energy to keep on going on. And uh, that's one thing also is uh, also you have to be prepared to know that you're going to possibly be actually finding the herbs that you're looking for. So you might want to bring appropriate bags, sacks, glass jars, mason jars, um, and stuff like that, and labels so that you can label label the the herbs and things that you're finding before you take them home because then there's a possibility that some may look uh, similar and it makes it harder for us to differentiate. So you want to make sure that you have all of the things that you need for uh, uh, going out and looking for your, your herbs. One thing, another thing I think that's very fun for us to do before we even leave the house is to take a few minutes and think of the things that it is that we want to go and look for. We'll write that down. And then just before we go, like the day before, looking up and finding the stories and folklore about the plants, you know, they they have adder's tongue and, and I am newt and all these other things. But these are herbs, and each has their own background, their own story. And th- that, that story it basically tells you of what is inside of the plant spirits that reside in that herb. You are harvesting the essence of that plant that plant spirit has given itself to you so that you can further the goals that you need to bring about and to also to honor the gods and goddesses. And speaking of which, as we do on every show, we give honor to Woden and Freya. And just before we continue with the show, I just want to take a minute and make this a little bit more magical. I ask everyone that's out there within the sound of my voice to close your eyes and see yourself engulfed in a ball of white beautiful energy and what we're going to do is we're going to see this energy uh, permeating our bodies and radiating out to the world a radiation of love and intelligence and and caring and just reaching out to the gods that we worship if we do if we don't have any that's great also but what we're going to do is we're going to imagine this light engulfing us and we're going to breathe in it and as we exhale, we're going to chant Alu three times. Alu. Thank you very much, folks. I really appreciate you participating with that. 
If you're out there and you're listening, let us know. Come on in, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Pagan Perspectives. And we've got about another hour and a half. We're going to have a lot of stuff coming up. We're going to be talking about various herbs that we can look for, uh, things that we can use them for, rituals. Uh, the idea, I love making incense and, and oils. So we're going to talk about oils that we can that we can make to use in our rituals and all that great stuff. And what we're going to do is give you guys a little bit of a couple of songs here uh, before we get going. And I think we're going to go and give you guys some Clonade, and then we'll be back here on Pagan Perspectives. Come to the chat. Hang out with us. Let us know that you're out there. Pass the show off to your friends. I love you guys. It's great to be back after 12 years. And like I say, this is Clonad here on Taking Perspectives.
All right. Well, we are back. I love that song by Clonade. I just love Clonade in general. Um, I thank you guys for hanging out with me tonight. Uh, just want to give you guys a little bit of information about what we got going on. You can help the show by checking us out on Pagan Perspectives or a Pagan Perspective on on YouTube, our YouTube video channel. Yeah, I can't do everything vocally, so I've got I've got about eighty or ninety videos on my channel that are all pagan oriented. Uh, a lot of druid uh, videos, an interview with Raymond Buckland, and some other really cool stuff. So uh, go give that a check out. Also, would love to have have you you know help us to you know take the show in greater directions and stuff. So we have the what I call the Patreon for the Pagan community, what we're wanting to do is not just, you know, to bring the show to more people, but we want, are wanting to use this Patreon, Pagan Perspectives, on Patreon. We're wanting to use this as a means of putting things together to help our community here and around the world. We want to be able to give you ideas. So what we've got is several different tier options of, of ways that you can help us. And what the, comes with that is you get perks of uh, suggestions for shows here on the program, videos that I can do, and other things that we're going to be coming up. Plus, those folks that are on Patreon will get sneak peeks of the new CS Wicked Voice, which is going to be the newsletter that we are going to be revising and uh, bringing back uh, the CX Wicked Voice that was brought about by Raymond Buckland. The, the order and founder of our tradition, which is uh, CX Wicca. And I'm just, you know, we've got a lot of things. We want to be able to do things for the kids. We need to have a lot more things that involve our children. And we want to help people, you know, figure out, at least in this area, with the way things have been going with some of our schools and book bannings and all this other stuff. We want to be able to hopefully bring pagan mothers together so that they can uh, a kind of brainstorm on things to do for like pagan homeschooling and stuff like that. And it's like everything that we can do to put that out. Also, like one of the shows that we've got coming up, we're going to be doing a show on pagans in the LGBTQ community. We've got a big show with some friends of mine that we're going to be doing that show. And then we've got people that, you know, we've got brothers and sisters that are out there that really struggle with their lives. And have addictions, whether it's alcohol, sex, drugs, all these different things. And, you know, for everybody that is out there that just does their own thing, we have a lot of people in our community, pagan community, ceremonial magic community, all around the world that are struggling every day with these things that are dragging them down. And there's always the need for pagans in recovery. We're going to be talking about pagans in recovery with uh, a friend of mine that is starting a kind of a pagan version of Narcotics Anonymous, but more generalized here in the area. And it's already got like four or five members that are going to the meetings. And it's like, I think that's so cool because that's what we need to do as pagans, you know, is to help, help hold each other up and stuff like that. So, you know, that's, the thing with that. So check out the Patreon. Links will be, everything that I'm talking about, links will be in the description after the show. 
And if you want to find out more about what I'm doing in the world and stuff like that, we have Raven Temple of CX Wicca, H-R-A-F-N, on Facebook. And that's where you can find out what the temple's doing, what we are doing with the community. Also, we have Springfield Community Wiccan Church, which is a uh, page on Facebook where we help to hope to be able to uh, get our federal income tax number numbers so that we can help people be able to get under a legal umbrella, as it were, uh, because I have a feeling that things are going to be changing. And I think with a lot of the persecutions that are going on, it's better to be united in some way so that we don't have to worry about being picked off individually, you know, by various laws and all of these things. So we're working to do that. And so we've got that page. Also, you can email me, Sylvanus93, S-Y-L-V-A-N-U-S-93, at hotmail.com uh, with any questions that you might have. I'm very happy to answer. Also, I'm available for readings. And I'm also available to help with uh, pagan pastoral counseling. And if you are looking to design rituals and stuff, I also do uh, hand fastings. I can design hand fasting ceremonies for people. We have all of that kind of thing. And another deal, just before we get on with the rest of the show, if you're out there anywhere in the world and you're any kind of pagan from druid to heathen to azatru, to Ceremonial Magician, Thelema, Golden Dawn, you name it. If you've got something going on in your world that you think is newsworthy, send it to me. Uh, just type it out or send a file or whatever to S-Y-L-V-A-N-U-S 93 at Hotmail.com. And in the subject line, Pagan World News. And then the rest of what you're wanting to say and uh, what I can do to these people that send this out. Doesn't matter if somebody's if somebody's getting initiated in your coven, or if you're doing a food drive, or you're going to be doing like we are here on May 27th, 2024. We're doing Beltane in the Park 2024. Do you realize we did our very first Beltane in the Park in 2016, and it's just like, oh my God. Uh, it's like been that long, and we're going to keep on doing it. It's a tradition, and this year we're going to have ritual. We're going to be honoring Woden and Freya. We're going to have kids, kids galore, bring them out. They're going to be people are going to be bringing their kids. Best thing you can do, take them out there, let them run themselves ragged, so that when they go home, it's easier to put them in bed that night. But so we've got Beltane coming up, and a lot of other stuff that I will relate to you guys. But I have a question. How many of you out there are green witches, heads witches, cunning men, cunning women, shamans, shamanesses, druids, druidesses? Uh, what are your thoughts about a, a, a green uh, practice of getting out and seeking, you know, the the herbs and the plants and, and going out and meditating and connecting with the trees just I'm not talking about just hugging them. I'm like getting out there and sitting and, you know, just soaking in all of the smells of the earth and everything around you and just knowing when you're sitting in a forest, 
Do you realize, even though you're not speaking, the trees are talking to you? They may not be speaking in an audible voice, but uh, it's like they are there. Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome my brother from another mother lodge magician. Great to have you here. And it's all right if you're late. There's nothing bad with that because you got here already anyway. And we still got it over an hour of the show, so you're good to go. Great to have him on. And speaking of Lodge Magician, here coming up in the near future, we're going to be doing a show based around the Rose Cross of the Golden Dawn. So that's going to be a very, very intriguing and deep show. But uh, so if you're out there and you have that kind of predilection, uh, you know, working with the Green World, Give us a call here at the show, 563-999-3644, and let us know what are some of the things that you like to incorporate into your practice, uh, what are some of the rituals and, and things, and things that are important to you when you are involved and out there active in the green world itself. Uh, all right, so we're going to give you this little bit of something to uh, make your ears happy. And then we'll be back, and we're going to talk about the next portion, which is the next book by Ann Mora, right after this, here on Pagan Perspectives.
All right, we are back. First song that we had up for you there was Spiral Rhythm, and that was Dance of the Horn God. And then what we just finished was one of my favorite pagan choral groups. That was Labana and Under the Full Moonlight. And you are with me tonight, and we are talking about the subject, Green Witchcraft. And we've been talking about the books. Uh, one of the things that I like about all of these books is that it allows you to look at this, uh, you know, within the ideas of she has a lot of tarot involved with this. Um, also, uh, in the Light and Shadows book, it's basically the idea of knowing that you can work. One thing I think that a lot of uh, spiritual seekers are afraid to work with our dark sides. And there's a section in her book, the manual, or the in, in the manual and in uh, Light and Shadow, that talks about working with the dark powers. And basically, it's like, you know, you get so many people that are going to say, well, that's bad. No, it's not. It's balanced. It's what the universe wants. It's the same thing as being mindful of, like, whenever you're going to gather your herbs. Where, What time are you going to do it? If your herb has more lunar associations, you might want to gather your herbs at night. If the herbs have a more solar association and they are in your area or you have a way to get them, then it's probably better to harvest uh, during a, a solar time. Another thing is like we've been talking about this. One thing is some people have issues where they can't get out into the woods. And that's, you know, various people have disabilities and stuff. So don't be afraid to grow your herbal friends. Um, that's what I'm going to be doing this year, as a matter of fact. I've got an 8 by 10 foot pad that sits out here just right out the window from my apartment. And I think that I could get some planters out here and just have an, a really nice bed to harvest, you know, things like I want onion and garlic and, uh, you know, just the various herbs that I can get around here. Uh, and... Uh, one thing I want to use these for is, like, I'm really big on uh, uh, incenses, oils, and brews. And that's another thing. If you are looking for some entry-level books that kind of help you, you know, you've gathered the herbs and things like that. You've done the work to get those. What do you do next? Well, one of the – two of the – well, just any of the books written by uh, Scott Cunningham I really like. And two of them – are uh, uh, Cunningham's Book of Magical Herbalism, and also you have Earth, Air, Fire, and Water, and Earth Power, which have a lot of stuff for herbs. Also, I highly recommend that you go to www.youtube.com and check out Scott Cunningham's one hour and 10 or 15 minutes long herb magic video. He is very, very cool. He talks you through, you know, how to uh, harvest uh, various ways to store, and then what to do whenever you decide to take those herbs and to use them to make an incense, oil, and brew. And as a matter of fact, for me, I've I got a little secret project that I'm kind of keeping put together because what I want to do is uh, I want to take the herbs and things that I have presently, and boy, howdy, I've got like I think the other day I counted in my little herb, my witch's closet in there. I probably got maybe 
65 or 75 different little sachets with different herbs and barks and things like that, lavender and tonka beans and all this stuff. And then I don't have as much as I used to because oils geographically go bad a lot of times. But I do have some oils that are 20, 30 years old that still – I have a bottle of sandalwood oil that was given to me just shortly before I was initiated first time, and it is beautiful. Then I have the remnants of maybe just about a quarter of an inch in a uh, two-dram bottle of some homemade dragon's blood where there was a carrier oil that was put into the bottle and just a little bit of a, uh, a sprinkling uh, as much as you could get into it and shook and, and, and you know, allowed to ruminate. And this is some of the most beautiful uh, dragon's blood oil. And I have don't, I still have chunks of dragon's blood left. Um, but as far as the oil, I need to make more. That's another thing. It's like, you know, we can take. We can take these and make tinctures. Uh, sometimes uh, one of the best tinctures that you get that a lot of people don't think about it whenever they go to Walmarts or whatever is what's one of the biggest things that I have trouble with, especially during the wintertime and stuff, is earaches. Well, what do you do when you have an earache? You know, it's cotton swab and you douse it with sweet oil. Sweet oil is one of the best ways I've found to help get rid of earaches without having to take a lot of Tylenol and all that kind of stuff because I don't necessarily want to have to rely on that to get rid of pain. But that's the thing. You can take those ingredients and you can take a carrier uh, oil and make a salve out of it. Take those little salve cups, fill them up, let them harden, and then put a lid on it. And you can give those to friends. Uh, there are herbs that are natural repellents. So in other words, all these people that are spraying this deep and all this other crap, deep woods off and stuff that they spray. And the only thing that I will spray on my body that is, that is definitely not that is, one, you can take full strength in the bottle and put a sprayer on it and use the original formula of um, pine saw. Not the new stuff, the original that they used to sell in the dark brown bottle in the 70s. That's the, if you can still find it, and yes, you can still find it, and it's still made, but it's hard because it's considered a more industrial type of pine saw. They use those in, you know, like hospitals and stuff like that. And you can take that and you can spray it on the hems of your shoes, uh, around the hems of your shoes and your pants. And, you know, even if you have shorts or a skirt, just dab that around in spots. And bugs and things like that, uh, A, will not go past that barrier half the time. It's very effective. And you're very likely not to get but bitten by mosquitoes and all that kind of stuff, you know, and it doesn't hurt them. The other one that I recommend is for those of you that are old enough to know what Avon is, they have a product at Avon that they sell called Skin So Soft. And if you rub that into your legs around the bottom of where your cuff and your shoes comes together. If you know that you're going out into a, you know, a very wooded area, um, you know, it's like that's 
where you can, uh, you know, find the things that you need. There, there's lemongrasses that grow in various places. There are mints, but here's the very important thing, and I have to put this out there because I don't want to accidentally cause a bad thing happening to somebody. Be very, very careful. There are plants that are not so good, like poison oak and poison sumac and other things, nettles and all this stuff that itch and burn and hurt and make you have to use calamine lotion for about a month. So just be very, very careful. And that's another thing. I think everybody should invest in an herbal that has herb descriptions and big, beautiful color plate pictures so that you can see what the leaves and the plant structure of the herb or the root or the bark or whatever it is looks like because it says we've got to be very, very careful because of the fact that we have so many herbs and plants that are dangerous that if ingested or done the wrong way or if burnt can be fatal. That's why you don't drink hemlock or uh, you, the only thing you want to do with mandrake is maybe keep it on the altar but never eat it. Uh, you know, nightshade and all this other stuff. For every helpful plant, there's a baneful plant. And we need to understand what those are and how to keep those separate. That's another thing. I think another thing that's very important is for people to think about what they want to do magically throughout the year and take into consideration what the operations are going to be for those magical situations and look at what are the correct and for you, the, the best working herbs and tinctures and things that you want to have available for your altar, for, for your ritual situation. So if you're wanting to do a, a, a spell to bring luck or if you're wanting to charge an amulet, herbal amulets, um, you know, even the, the, the ideas of the Druids, they have the, the nine sacred uh, herbs. Those are also trees. So you have the nine woods that are used to start bale fires. You can look for those. Look in your local area for the nine sacred herbs, the nine sacred woods, and keep those separate. Keep those in bundles so that whenever you are able to go out, and like I say, if you can't go out into the woods or in a, a, a natural area to hold ritual, I understand it. But if you can, get out there. It is so wonderful to see the kids you know, just running around, giggling and having a good time as you can smell just that that woodsy burn of the fire as it just, you know, goes through the day and then it's time to enjoy the feast. We have had some of the best barbecue meals, dinners. We had cooks that were like damn close to being chefs. There was a friend of mine, he was Mark, his name was Mark. And this was a green thing that we did. We, He said, you know, I'm wanting to make chicken leg quarters tonight and fried potatoes for everybody. And that's for like 50 people. And he brought a huge cooler. And so he had enough to do the job. He goes, but you know what I need to do? I need to get something to season it. So what did we do? We took a bag that he brought, one of those canvas bags that you use at your, you know, your grocery store. And we went around and we found in various spots about a quarter of that bag of some nice, fresh, unmessed up woods, woodsy garlic. 
long garlic, garlic and some, some onions that had grown wild. And we had taken those, and I helped him after we came back to camp. We took them and cleaned them up in a bucket, rinsed them off. He had his knives with him, and he took those herbs and stuff, and he cut slips into those leg quarters and, you know, the, the quarter sections where the leg and the thigh come together and put that inside the meat and then kept a butter off to the side so that he could put, he put it in a, in a barbecue cage. You've seen it where you can hold them out over the flame and turn them over. But he kept like a, a quarter gallon of ghee or butter, clarified butter, with garlic, herbs, and other things in it. And as he, we would do that, we would uh, drizzle this butter over this chicken to get it nice and crispy. And then we took like a wok, a big wok, and we put it on its own uh, thing out there by the fire right next to it to where it could get really hot. And then we took some of that ghee and some of them herbs and, and stuff like that and some of the chicken drippings and all that and cut up some beautiful russet potatoes. And put them in there and just kept cooking for that walk. And it, they just got beautifully crispy. And then we sprinkled them with a little bit more herbs. And it was just the most incredible dinner out. Because by the time it was done, the sun had gone down. We had to put more wood on the fire to bring it up. People were starting to come around the fire to drum and dance and play guitar and sing and eat. And it was so cool, and it's like all of that. It's like we're thankful for what we were. We were thankful for what we found in music out there, just walking around. And you know, it was so cool that we were able to take that back and to use that. And even though we didn't do any chanting or anything crazy over the herbs or whatever, but what we did do is we put our love for the earth and all that energy that we took to go out there and find those wild herbs and to put it into work for our food so that we could feed the pagan brothers and sisters that were there. It was just, it's magical. Green witchcraft and the things that we do to perpetuate it is nothing but magic. And that's, the gods are watching that. And then when they see that, you know, it's like there is, there is an interaction that goes on there. Whenever you, you it's, it's worshipful. You know, that's another thing. They say that, you know, we shouldn't say that we worship the gods. I do, you know, and there are times that I will even genuflect for various things in ritual because, you know, I think sometimes we get so full of ourselves and unhumble that we don't, you know, that we don't have the wherewithal to say, okay, well, thank you, Thor and Odin and Freya and Sif and, and, and Tyr and, and Frey and, and Ing and, uh, just everything down the line. I'm going through practically the whole Anglo-Saxon pantheon, but you get it. It's like everything we do in, in, in the green world, outside of what we do in our own homes and stuff like that, you know, with our own home ritual and things like that, it's night and day. It's a whole different thing. But also, we can take that and incorporate that in our home ritual. One of the best things that you can do for the green world is after you've gone and you've got some of those herbs, dry them. And use them in candles, herbal candles, either making them or dressing them with various oils um, and the stuff like that adds so much energy to your ritual work. It's pitiful. It's just 
Um, you know, and one thing, like I said, is like I recommended at the beginning of the show, keep an herbal diary. Write down when you get the herbs, what the herbs are, and then when you use them, kind of critique what what was the odor, what was the taste, what was the things that – how did it affect your senses and so on and so forth. And you can adjust that to know maybe you might have to get them at a different time. You want to – you de- you definitely want to gather herbs and stuff Excuse me. At the peak of their at their potential power, you don't want to go get herbs that are decaying or falling apart. That's dangerous for one thing. But it's like you know when you harvest, whether it's from the woods or from your own uh, homegrown herbal uh, garden and stuff, it's always good to get them when they're their freshest because then you can take those bundles and and stuff and. One thing that I recommend is if you don't, a lot of people hang their herbs so that they can dry. If you can't do that, one thing that I would do is get uh, some twine and some paper bags, okay? Put the herbs that you want to dry into the paper bag, wrap the twine around that and seal that bag up, tie it, and then when, at, when you're not in your bathroom or whatever, hang and tie those bags to the rail that holds up your uh, shower curtain. Just slide it back a bit. You're not going to get a whole lot, but you can hang it up there and let it set for a few hours. Put it in there at like 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning, and then when you get to ready to take your bedtime shower, go in and take them off of the thing. Take them out of those uh, uh, garbage bags, you know, the, the, the grocery sacks, and put them in appropriately labeled jars and stuff like that. And I th- another thing that I think is very cool is we can take and we can take the properties that come with these herbs and work with them in other ways too. Herbs and crystals, herbs and metals, certain herbs and gold, certain herbs and silver, certain herbs and jade, uh, various stones like ruby, opal, peridot, everything that's like that. Watermelon tourmaline, which is one of my favorite crystals of all time. You can work with so many, you can work with roses, you can work with peonies, you can work with nasturtiums, dandelions, flowers. Flower magic is a very, very cool. That's another thing is if you can look up, there's a lot of witches' herbals and, you know, just be discerning about that. But there are so many good reference works that are out there like Culpepper's that are going to give you the older plates about, you know, pictures from the early uh, 1800s, 1700s, and things like that that show herbs from a time when we weren't here. And it's like that gives us a, a you know, a, a base to what we're going to do with our green witchcraft. That's another thing. It's like if you are lucky enough to live in a highway or a byway where there's nobody around you for three or four miles – Walk down the country roads around your home, safely, mind you, but still, and just, you know, taking the time to feel the air, the wind blow around you, the warmth of the sun, and either that or if you're at your home and you're out in the country, sit out on your porch during a a rainstorm, and again, do that safely, and smell the smell of the rain coming down, and as it 
goes across the fields and in the forest, the smell that emanates, it's like, you know, whenever you take a flower, you take a plant and you crush it and it releases that oil. In a rainstorm, there's a lot of herbs and flowers and things that are going to get messed up pretty much by that water, but it releases the oils and gives us such wonderful smells. And then when it's safe and safe enough to come out, take a little walk around your property, walk around your home and stuff and just go to the different areas and see, you know, another thing is looking for the critters that come out from this stuff like worms and, and caterpillars and uh, other kinds of insects. And another thing is keeping an eye out for the most important thing that goes with the herbs and flowers is the bees. Never kill a bee. Little bees, big bees, bumblebees, uh, mud daubers and hornets, though, uh, that's at your discretion. But we need those pollinators because those are the things that make the plants keep on keeping on. And it also allows me to continue to drink this wonderful homemade mead, which I'm going to do now. Oh, my goodness, that is incredible. But you kind of get where I'm going with this. It's like it's not it's you don't have to be afraid of working with herbs and and, and you know various spices. Some people the only thing I kind of don't agree with is all these people that say, I mean this is on you, but for me, I'm not too big on the idea of going to the grocery store and getting a can of, you know, like garlic salt or some of this other stuff and and using it within ritual. Because of the simple fact, there's a lot of those herbs and spices that you get from a normal uh, a normal grocery store that are in those jars and cans and bottles and stuff. A, they're in that lighted environment all day long. And B, you don't really know how fresh or how old the herbs are that are inside of these packaging, the different packaging. You know, is it fresh? Has it been freshly ground and sent to the store? Or has it set in the McCormick's warehouse for four or five years before it finally made it to my grocery store? If you can't do that at all, find someone that grows herbs around you. You know, um, you can barter. Uh, yeah, you can buy herbs that you need, but just you know, know that it's an ex it's an exchange of energy. So you know, just give it that. But like, you know. You don't have to be afraid of it. Uh, I've known people that say, oh, I'm afraid of magic. Don't be. It's not going to bite you unless you get flippant with it. Magic is an energy that you need to respect. Everybody, man, woman, and child, newborn babies, we all have the magic within us, but that doesn't mean that we should abuse what it is and what that energy is. And green magic, you know, whenever you look at the, look at the, the natural world, you look at the horn god and you look at the deer and you look at the various bear and salmon and trout you know that the, these are streams and rivers that flow through these wild forested lands and stuff outside of our cities and that's where you know if you can make a pilgrimage to a sacred place that is sacred to you and sacred to the people in your area by all means do it go for it because you know, that's an experience that you'll only have during this, you know, during this lifetime. And I think that, uh, 
getting as much knowledge as you can is important because, like I'm saying, also if there's anybody out there that is into homeopathy and has any idea of like where to start, get a hold of me, Sylvanus93SYLVANUS93@hotmail.com. If you have some ideas about things, or if you're out there and you happen to be a homeopathist or have an interest, then give us a call. The number is 563-999-3644. And, you know, that's for everybody. The show's for you. Give us a call. Let us know what you're thinking about the topic of green witchcraft. And we're going to give you a little bit of uh, more music. And this is uh, Starhawk. And reclaiming, and this is Rising of the Moon here on Pagan Perspectives.
Let me bring you songs from the wood To make you feel much better than you could know Better than you could Dust know Dust you down from tip to toe Dust you down from tip to toe Show you how the garden grows Show you how the garden Hold grows Hold you steady as you go Hold steady as you join the chorus if you can It'll make you an honest man Let me bring you love from the fields Poppies, red and roses filled with summer rain To heal the wounds and still the pain The threatens again and again As we drag down every love and lane Lifelong celebration Poppies, red and roses filled with summer rain To heal the wounds and still the pain 
threatens again and again As we drag down every love and lane Life's on celebration This was Songs from the Wood from the album Songs from the Wood. I hope you guys are having a great week. I hope you are getting used to this crazy, weird weather. Hello, Seeker. Oh, well, Seeker just left. Well, it was good to have you here for a minute. Um, but it's still good to have Lodge Magician and everybody else that's here. So, yes, um, definitely glad to be here. We've got, i got to let you guys know, we still have a giveaway coming up, which at the end of March, because February is almost at the end, but at the end of March, one lucky winner on the show is going to have a chance to have a copy of The Witch's Bible by Janet Stewart Farrar. And if you're interested in winning, then you just need to send me an email to Sylvanus93, S-Y-L-V-A-N-U-S-93, at hotmail.com, in the subject line, uh, witchcraft book, whatever, just something that lets me know. And then down in the body, just give me your name and say that, yes, I'm interested. And what I'm going to do is whenever we do the drawings, like I've done for various, I've done for Athame, and I've done for other things that we did when the show was going in from 2009 to 2012, um, go to the magic hat, put the names in the magic hat, reach in and blindly, uh, draw out the name and then we'll get a hold of you and see about sending out to you that copy of the book. And then in April, we're going to have an interview with a well-known author, Lisa Wagner, and we're going to be talking about her book, The Positive Pagan, which has got a lot of stuff, rituals, meditations, and all that. And it's just like taking everything that has been negative in the world for so long and looking at ourselves and saying, we can do better we can enjoy our lives more. We can be more positive. So we're going to have her on the show. And like I said, next week's show, we're going to be talking about tarot and witchcraft. So what I would say is like, get your cards out, go through them, take a look, uh, use them, you know, get ready and bring them to the show because we're going to talk about the ideas of tarot in ritual. Tarot is not just for you know, sitting down and doing the Celtic cross. Tarot in Golden Dawn and uh, Thelema and other traditions in Kabbalah and so on and so forth at Infinitum. We've got so many ways and so many things. Uh, we've got even uh, one of my favorite books is uh, uh, that has a lot of tarot work in it is Ray Marlboro's Charms, Formulas, and Spells. And then you also have the Book of Tarot Spells by Janina Renee. 
which I highly recommend. And these are older books, you know, that are tried and tested and were, you know, just so instrumental. And for me, of realizing that, you know, uh, for me, I didn't have to have uh, tarot cards just, you know, for doing readings and stuff. There was, and then when I started to get into the ceremonial world, that kind of broadened because you have to really, you're not just looking at the cards as a divinatory tool. You're looking at the windows to the world that they are. There, it's like whenever you've seen those movies where somebody comes up on a very large portrait and they go, huh, I wonder what it would be like to step into that picture and see what that world's like. That's what tarot cards are. That's what cardomancy. Matter of fact, I have a video on my channel, uh, Pagan Perspective, on YouTube where I talk about cardomancy and the various kinds of cardomancy. There's very, 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 very many different kinds of cardomancy. Like for those of us that are our Druid brothers and sisters that are out there, there are many, many types of ogham. There is ogham of birds, a bird ogham. There is the ogham that's on your fingers. Did you know that the ogham is on your nose? Yes, the oakum is on your nose. And so it's like, you know, that's going to be a fun show. Tarot and witchcraft, you know, we've got a lot for people to, you know, deal with for that. And then a future show, we're going to be talking about the Eightfold Paths to Power, what that is in the Wiccan and witchcraft sense, what are the, 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 uh, the, the maxims behind the Eightfold Path to Power, and some other stuff. We've got a lot of things going on. And like I say, also, you can uh, check out uh, the blog that I have. It's a pagan perspective on Blogger. Remember the old bloggers? Well, I still keep mine up, and I have interviews uh, on there. I have articles where I've talked about my high priestess and how uh, here just a couple weeks ago, was the anniversary of four years of her passing. Uh, it's pretty sad. You know, I've lost, we lost a member of our temple, Pam Forbes, here just about a year ago. Um, this year, just recently, within the last year and a half, two years, we lost uh, the high priest that initiated into me, initiated me into witchcraft, Shamas Gentine. Uh, and, you know, just so many people that have died from AIDS and cancer and various other things, you know, it's like, these are the people, this is the people, the ones that brought me into the crowd, that's why I'm doing this show, you know, it's like, I could be out there doing many different things in the world, but I kind of want to share this with people, this is my legacy, you know, being able to work as a priest within various traditions from Druidry to Norscale to Wicca and everything else is because you know, when I want to know that whenever this this body ceases to, to run, that when I move into the next existence, that everything that I could have taken advantage of to do the right things and to help people, to help my pagan brothers and sisters, then I want to do it. And that's this show. And that's everything else we're doing from Patreon to the YouTube and all that stuff. And it's now that my best friend, William Coy Turner, I love you, man, he helped me get the new computer that I have. And this computer is, whew, it's a beast. But I'm, I'm paying for it. I'm paying it down. And this is what's going to help to 
make the show better. We're going to be getting newer music in. We've got hopefully we're going to have some musical guests on the show here in the future. Keep your fingers crossed. I'm working on that right now. And some other things. So it's like we've got a lot going on in Pagan Perspectives uh, coming up. And uh, what I would like to say, you know, as we get ready to close out the show, we've got just just a little under 19 minutes left. But it's like also we have to look not just at the idea of green witchcraft, but green witchcraft and the idea of how do we conserve what the Earth Mother gives to us. We've got so much that has, uh, you know, it's just so many bad, crazy things have gone on over the last years. Oil spills and all these tar sands tearing her up and just, you know, stripping down mountaintop leveling and all this other stuff. It makes me sad, you know, and so it's like it's up to us to conserve what we can, to take care of the waters. What are we going to do when the fresh water runs out? What are we going to do when the bees, bees are important. We have so many people. Please, if you can plant your herbs and flowers and other things in your properties, don't use pesticides and, you know, all these chemicals and stuff that put stuff into the air that can give people cancers and, and little children can get breathing problems and all this stuff. So do as much natural growing of plants and stuff like that. Don't, you know, uh, at all costs avoid anything that would be harmful. And that's like whenever, you know, if we go out looking for herbs and stuff, if we come to an area that has what we're looking for, but it's not really a large amount to be taking, don't strip it clean and just leave it there. Um you know, take just a little bit, leave it because not only is it something that we're using, but it could be a food or a medicine for the critters that are running around in that forest and stuff. And if you take away, you know, the wrong herbs and things that are beneficial to them and you don't leave any for them, then, you know, it can be dangerous for the animal species and and stuff in those areas. So be mindful of how much you take, you know, take and, and take some and give back, you know, something to it. Like I said, bury a penny, bury a crystal, throw bird seed down for the for the birds in the canopy above. Anything that can show that you understand that this is an act of something sacred. You know, whenever you go into these woods and forests and natural places and stuff and rivers and things like that. It's like we have to understand that this is a privilege for us to be able to go out and have everything provided to us by the Earth Mother. All of our foods, our drink, everything that we have comes from her, comes from Freya and Woden, comes from every god and goddess that we could think of, comes from the universe, without which we would not be here. So, you know, and we have to be able to share the wealth, as it were, with our brothers and sisters. And if you ever do come into a situation that you are able to come away with a fairly decent harvest and you know that you're not going to use every single bit, then take some up, put them in various containers, and give them to your friends. Give them to your family. Give them to other witches that need these things that may not have the resources 
to get out into the world the way you do and just be a help to them, you know, help them, you know, have stuff that they can add to their magical, uh, uh, you know, closet, as it were. And it all goes around every little bit, that karma that we put out to the world, to the people, uh, you know, and it harm none, do what thou wilt, shall be the whole of the law. So it's like if you go out there and you help, you're definitely fulfilling the great work by not harming your friends. You're helping them by giving them some good herbs. Give a friend a plant. I mean, you know, you can buy your girlfriend a, a, a fancy ring, but why not get her, you know, a plant? Get her – one thing I need to get in here is I need to get an aloe plant because why? I'm a guy, and I go out, and I get sunburned like a dumbass. So what's one of the best things that you can have in your home? A gigantic, beautifully spiky, incredibly medicinal aloe plant. Spider plants, any kind of herb that you can grow indoors and you know within a reason outdoors close to the proximity of your home. It gives you all kinds of uh, things you can take, and I, I suggest that you know you can uh, get felt and some yarn and make yourself some poppets and fill those with herbs and stones and maybe write an affirmation or an incantation and slide it into that poppet. Or as I like to do, I love to go to bed at night. Pop in one of my favorite New Age relaxation tapes, put a little bit of incense in, and kind of just do a sleep, you know, as I go to sleep kind of a meditation. But the other thing that you can do is take that same felt, stuff that together in a square shape, cinch it all up real nice, and put it on your pillow for dreams or any other thing. If you need to bring luck to yourself, do a, a luck pillow and stuff it with these herbs and, and, and flowers and, and stones and, and everything. That's, uh, you know, it's basically a good witch's bottle. You know, a witch's bottle is what you use if you want to deflect bad energy for your home. And we'll talk about witch's bottles in, the, in, in an upcoming show. But it's like we have all of these possibilities. And it's like uh, I also highly recommend for those of you that aren't necessarily – good at propagating your own herbs and stuff there's two things that i recommend a that you get the catalog from uh what is it mountain rose herbs they sell herbs online but they also have where you can get the plants for the herbs and you can get the seeds for the herbs so they have a lot they have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different herbs and resins and things like that but they also have the ways that you can grow a lot of these so there's one thing is definitely investing in, you know, having their, their catalog at the ready so that you can get these various herbs that will grow in your climate and stuff like that. And the other thing is I would uh, send off for either online or, you know, have a hard copy of uh, magazine version that you can carry with you out into the field, the Burpee Seed Catalog, because there are a shit ton of herbs and other flowering plants that you can uh, order through Burpee and have them ready to, uh, you know, it's beautiful. There's some of the most simple little flowers and stuff. Queen Anne's lace, uh, peonies, uh, uh, crocus, irises. Uh, 
one of my favorites, but it's like I had I had a rose bush, okay, and I had a friend of mine that used to come around, and he, he could be he could be cool, and sometimes he could be a jerk. Well, my roses were these really beautiful kind of fuchsia colored, not little, but almost what they call paper plate roses. They were so big, and they do have a variety called paper plate roses. But these were so big, and the bush was this – it was this flowering so nicely. And one day he came over to hang out and smoke a little and do whatever, and he goes, hey, do you mind if whenever I leave, if I take a couple of those? And I go, no. And the reason why I told him no at that time is because of the simple fact that the bush was – A, it was so full and beautiful, and if you just start taking it, it just becomes looking like a stripped bush. So it's like, no, not right now. We'll, we'll give. But the thing that was so cool when he came over to do that, right at that time, that rose bush had the most beautiful smell. And that's the other thing. It's like, no, because I didn't want him to take too many from that because what if I would have decided to take those roses and make a magical love oil with rose hips and the rose petals and, you know, other things uh, that, you know – and we, you know, another thing, look at your local flowers and everything that is uh, folklore for you. One of the things we have here, I don't know if you have it where – have you ever heard the song Pope Salad Annie? Well, here, if you go through a lot of neighborhoods in my town and you go to the right spots, uh, you will find in the front and some people's backyards, Pope Poke is kind of like dandelions on steroids minus the heads, and the people uh, would use the poke and put it together and make a salad. That's why they call it Poke Salad Annie, the song. But the thing about it is the only thing is here where I live, there's so many people that drive by with these belching vehicles, and they mow their grass still with these really stinky uh, gas-powered lawnmowers that if you – Live in a neighborhood where you see a large amount of poke in somebody's yard. Please don't go harvest that simply because of the fact that it is contaminated with, you know, just the fumes and all of that stuff. So if now you can find poke out in the country, so I would go looking and the minute you see some, get out there and get it because it does make a great salad. That's another thing about green witchcraft is the fact that, you know, there's a lot of the herbs and, and seasonings and things that we work with magically that are edible. They have edible flowers, edible, you know, there are uh, dandelion wine, elderberries, all of these different things, uh, blueberries that grow along the hedges. You know how you can tell if the blueberries are coming up really good in your hedges and stuff? If you're driving along the country road and you look off to the side and you're going past a farm, you'll see a shit ton of rabbits just jumping in and out, jumping in and out. Why? Because down inside of those brambles and stuff is the starts for all of those really nice blueberries. And then little rabbits is looking for some blueberries to munch on, which they're incredible. And you can get those and mash them up and, you know, make jellies. And all these things. And that's another thing, the cooking, just not the fact of the green witchcraft, but green cooking, taking all these magical herbs and putting them in a pasta or on a meat dish or in potatoes 
or the you know a, a, a queso, all of these different things. It's just like with tomatoes and all that stuff. It's the bounty of the earth. And I don't care what you say. You know, we can go to McDonald's 150 times a year, but nothing is better to me than being at home with uh, you know a fresh salad, a pork chop, some sweet tea. And what have you, and a, and a beverage which I'm drinking, which is my mead, which I actually really love to death. The earth takes good enough care of us where we don't have to put all of those things into our bodies and so on and so forth. So it's just like, you know, we just have to be very, very careful with how we do that. We should We should honor what it is that we do. And, you know, by going out and taking the time to get all the herbs and stuff, the show is about to go off here in a few minutes. We're going to give you guys one last little bit of musical interlude. Check us out on Facebook. Check out the Patreon. Check out the YouTube channel. Send us the your your entry to win the Witch's Bible by Janet Stewart Ferrer. And next week, like I say, our show is going to be Tarot and Witchcraft next Thursday, same bat time, same bat channel, and we are going to give you one of my favorite songs. This is Sweet Mama Mine from Gwydion Pedroin, the Fairy Shaman. I've been living in your mountains, and I know I've seen you every day. Sometimes it's awfully hard, but I know that it's just your way. Sometimes it's easy when the sky is clear and bright Then I can feel your love shining in the night Don't you know I've been waiting for the loneliness to go away Too long I've sung this song without the harmony and so I say Rock me gently in your arms, sweet mama mine. Rock me gently in your arms, sweet mama mine. Summers come, winters go. I can hear you singing low. Through the years, empty tears, playing softly on my radio. a train that nobody rides. I haven't lost the will to stay here by your side. I know it isn't easy to do the things I ought to do. It won't be long until I'm strong enough to make it yet to see it through. Rock me gently in your arms, sweet mama mine. Rock me gently in your arms, sweet mama mine. I can hear your mountains calling my name. I've changed a lot, but you know I'm just the same. 
Sometimes my strength gives in to weeping in the dead of night. Sometimes I think I've found a way. Sometimes I think I've lost the light. It's all confusion to a man who's still just a boy. But I know you can turn sadness into joy. Here's a promise that I'm keeping for now and through eternity. I'll keep my hand upon the land and hope you set my spirit free. Rock me gently in your arms, sweet mama. And like I say in this last few seconds, blessed be until next week. I'm your host, Raven Smash Walker, Tree Walker, the Order Standing Oak, and Sierra Frith, Justice of Raven Temple of CX Wicca. Blessed be until next time, folks. Switch to Extreme Internet and save. Call today to lock in a low price and get a $100 credit with any internet package. Get download speed options from 100 meg up to 1 gig and power every room with Whole Home Wi-Fi 360 Pro. Don't let your $100 credit slip away. Call 844-4FASTER or visit Extreme.com today. Offer available to new customers only. Download speeds may vary and subject to a monthly downstream usage allowance. Bill credit of $100 will be credited to your bill evenly over four months beginning 30 days after installation. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.